I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review-Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, season two, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Vegas Nation. It's Friday, which means it's time for unsportsmanlike conduct with your hosts, Adam Hill and Ed Green. Hey, welcome in unsportsmanlike conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal, presented by Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Green and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders. We're entering into the world of news and other topics we find interesting, and there's going to be a lot of that this week because we are joined by our special guest. We don't bring guests on often. Uh, but he's, he's special that way. Miles Simmons. Follow him on Twitter at Miles A. Simmons. We know him well from Pro Football Talk. Uh, how are you, buddy? Yeah, happy to be back. Yes, I know. The prodigal son returns. Listen, yeah. Ed, you know, basically, it's nice when you can, inv- you know, invite yourself to somebody's podcast on yes. Twitter. And then they still want you to do it. So I, I appreciate you still having me on. <laughs> oh, my God. This, see, this, this is what we deal with. We deal with the dogs on Adam's End. What's happening with the dog? Oh, my goodness. I'm glad he muted himself there. <laughs> Holy smokes. Is the dog still alive? You might have taken the dog out for barking. Listen, um, I'm a professional. I can, I can find the button within like four seconds, but it's going to be a little bit. Okay. All right. Well, I, at the, uh, we want to – we're going to do a little Raiders, and then we're going to get into uh, what I kind of have over you guys in knowledge when it comes to music. And uh, I've got a few things on my plate for uh, – What's happened there? But first, I want to talk to both of you because, Miles, when you're here, you cover the Raiders. You're now covering the entire league for Pro Football Talk. Adam's obviously one of our Raiders writers. Um, Miles, the other day, I'm sure you saw it. We'll start with you. When Derek Carr, for the first time in a very long time, spoke to the media uh, over Zoom. And the main theme that kind of came out from that interview is Derek Carr saying, look, if I have to go somewhere else and play, I'd rather just retire. I'm okay money-wise. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going down with the ship. He later came back in a little on that comment because I think someone got in his ear and said that didn't sound very good. But when you hear these things from afar where Derek Carr is kind of taking a stance saying, look, this is my team and I'm not going anywhere. And if you do tell me to go where I won't, I won't play. How much belief in your mind is there in that? You know, it's interesting because being around Derek Carr in 19, like I was, you, you got the sense that he, he believes what he says, you know? And like, I don't feel like he's being, disingenuous when he starts talking about the fact that he wants to be there and you know he he wants to see this through and all these different types of things and i think i think i retweeted adam the other day and when i was like this is certainly a stance out of a quarterback you know like i don't know if it's like positive or negative but it's just it's a stance and like i i kind of respect it from him but i don't know if it really means all that much because let's be honest if he is traded or if he gets cut and then he has to go somewhere else and play football, he's going to go do that. And nobody would blame him for doing that. But I also feel like when you have been around a team for as long as he has, and when he grew up a Raiders fan too, and it's basically all his, was his dream to play in the silver and black and all that, it makes sense to me that this is where he wants to go with it. And I mean, I, I saw that Hunter Renfro said, 
um, he was on Sirius XM NFL radio. And he said to them that, you know, he saw that thing on Twitter and he took a screenshot and he sent it to Derek Carr and he's like, I love this, man. Like, this is great and all that. And so if it galvanizes your team, then I guess that makes it even better, right? I, I don't, I don't, otherwise, I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? Adam, you, uh, I thought you said something the other day that was interesting and it's the uh, cynical part of you. I love that comes out, but. In, in this, in anywhere, was it an obvious uh, obvious storyline of uh, he's taken leverage in terms of the trade away? And if I'm out there and I'm another team, might I pause if I'm listening to this on him? Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's you know one effect, perhaps, uh, of what he says. Um, but but no team is going to believe that anyway. Like as Miles said, I don't think anybody's sitting here believing um, that Derek Carr truly would retire if he was traded. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks if if the if the Raiders moved on that they would just that he would just say okay well I'm done with football now. Um, I think he's he's trying to say the right things a lot, and I think you know there's often criticism for him uh, when he's trying to say some of these things. But you're right in the end, if a guy on his team, if a Hunter Renfro is you know buying into this and saying, oh man, this is really inspiring, this is really motivating, and I love this, I mean, what's the harm of, of saying it? I mean. I, I do think he's often looking for the right things to say um, and trying to say the right things. And it's, sometimes those come across as, you know, a little bit silly or over the top or, or anything like that. But um, I, I don't think you necessarily fault a guy for that. Uh, it's just you just kind of look at it and take it for what it is and, and know that it's probably not a true thing. Uh, but there's no, you know, there's no harm in, in trying to, you know, say something that's the right thing for your teammates or for the fans to hear. Miles, were you astonished uh, how he's been able to succeed coming from the mean streets of Fresno, uh, chunching through 50 uh, feet of snow each day and uh, <laughs> overcoming all the uh, all the uh, struggles? The struggle is real throughout his life. When you heard that press conference, I mean, I had to step back and say, man, this has been a hard row for this kid. Well, I'm right. I mean, it's not like I mean, you, you would think that his brother wasn't, you know, number one overall pick. And they, they, these guys weren't basically trained to be quarterbacks from uh, early on in life. It, it's when you have to say something like that or when you feel the need to say something like that, like, man, I've been through I have enough money. I'm this I'm that like. I get that, but like, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know how much I buy that, like, man, it's been so, so tough for Derek Carr all the time. And I don't even know if he was trying to come off that way, but like, I don't know. It's just, what, when I listen to Derek Carr, sometimes I'm just like, huh. And, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but like anything you ever say about Derek Carr, and I have certainly figured that out covering him for a year. And even now, because there are still Raiders folks that follow me, anytime you say anything about Derek Carr, it's like, well, what did you mean by that? Why is that bad? Derek Carr is a great quarterback. Or no, Derek Carr is terrible. And it's just like, yes, I'm just like, sometimes it's an observation is just an observation. And it yeah. doesn't have to be all that deep. But I think any Derek Carr is just a lightning rod for that. But the fact is that Derek Carr has only led a team to the playoffs one time, and he's never played a playoff game because he was hurt that year. So anytime you're going into year eight and that's the case, th- sometimes you're going to think about breaking up. We saw it with Matthew Stafford, and at least, you know, he'd been to the playoffs, right? And, and actually played in playoff games. They, this is getting to a point where if the Raiders are under 500 again, then yeah, there's going to be conversation about whether or not one of these parties is going to move on from the other. It, it, that's just the way it is. 
in that realm, Adam, do you believe truly that there are serious talks at this point about an extension? And by the way, I know he's a really good quarterback and their offense has been really good, but like Mayo said, never played in a playoff game. Is it responsible at this point for the organization to have serious extension talks if they haven't been to the playoffs with him? No, I, I don't necessarily think that it is. I think you do have to evaluate um, what is going on with with your entire team, you know, every year and and see where you're going. And, and at some point, yeah, I think uh, you can certainly blame the defense the last couple of years, but the offense can do more too. Uh, we know two years ago, you know, hey, the offense was decent; it was probably good enough. Uh, but they struggled in the red zone, and, and, you know, you have to put at least some of that uh, on Derek Carr. And then last year, the offense was very good. It was very efficient. Um, the defense did let them down. But the bottom line is that he has been a part of this organization uh, for a long time. And, and you can look at it both ways. I mean, if you want to if you want to blindly support Derek Carr and, and say that, you know, he's not the issue at all, um, you can find numbers to back that up and, and also – point out the fact that he played in different systems so many different years and you know didn't have a lot of consistency to the offense. And, you know, there's things you can use to back up um, Derek Carr if you want to make that argument. And then there's definitely things you can use if you want to be on the other side and attack Derek Carr. For sure, there's, there's the things you can come up with and say, well, he didn't do this, he didn't do this. They're not winning games and that falls on the quarterback. I don't necessarily believe that all the time, but um, you, you do look at it and say, well, what is the common denominator over the last, you know, almost decade? Uh, as we're in year eight. And it's been Derek Carr running the offense. So, you know, whichever argument you want to make, you can in, in regards to Derek Carr. But I do think the organization, uh, you know, has time to wait. They have time to, to make a decision on him. Uh, they don't have to do it right now. And they can't let him play out and see how it goes this year uh, before they make a decision. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I think that's that's a responsible thing to do for the Raiders. Miles, were you shocked like the rest of us because Derek Carr has never read anything written about him that he knew people had written they had the worst offseason of anyone in the NFL? Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, okay, no, I wasn't shocked because, like, here's the thing, and, and whenever you're talking about, like, Derek Carr, like, you can't be surprised, I think, by almost anything because right. we know that, his brothers and his family are going to let him know about everything. And even True. if they block people, they're going to figure out a way to find it. Like, that's just the way they are. So it's not like, I don't know. I, were you were you that surprised by it? Ed? I don't know, man. Well, I, I'll i just leave it at. And, and look, he's not he's not original in this at all. There's no everything. Everyone we cover at some point, we kind of raise our eyes to. I don't read anything. Now you pretty much read everything. And, and I'll say this, not so much for a player like him. Maybe he shouldn't read. But when it gets into coaches and management, they say, I can't read any, I don't read anything. I'm like, well, then you're not being responsible because you need to know what's being said about your team. So maybe not as a player because, you know, he's a player. He just has to perform. Uh, but we get it a lot from him that don't care, don't care, don't read, don't care. And a lot of his quotes tend to make you believe he cares. And I'm not even ripping him for that, guys, because if he doesn't care, he's not human. I mean, you should care. I mean, yeah, that's a that's a basic, you know, emotion most of us have, whether we want to admit to it or not, about what people think about us. Yeah, and by the way, like, there's no problem with reading it. it it's about trying to pretend like you don't. But that, that's the issue that I have. Because everybody knows that you're greedy, you're going to read, and we understand that. But this is also a guy uh, in Derek Carr, who, again, I don't care that you, that you read the statute. I don't care that you read the box score and understand that. That's fine. But there's been times where we're sitting in that, you know, post-game press room and he'll say, you know, I'm not a guy that cares about stats. 
and then also say, you know, I only had seven incompletions today, and actually, you know, 60% of my passes went for first downs. And you're like, wait, right. you just said you don't care about stats. So, again, I, caring about the stats and reading it and all those things, like, that's human nature. That's fine. There's no yeah. issue with that at all. But the, to constantly say you don't read and you don't care and you don't pay attention to those things and you don't care about stats, it's just not true. Of course it's not true. And it's because he cares about the criticism that he's getting too. And he cares, I think, about winning a playoff game for the Raiders and going as far as they possibly can for the Raiders. I, I genuinely do think he cares about that. And that's yes. good. You know, you yeah. should care about those kinds of things. If, if you're going to get paid this much money and you're going to play and you're going to put your body on the line every single week, you should absolutely care. So I, I agree with you, Adam. Like when you're talking about how you don't, you you're claiming i should say that you don't care about stats you don't care about this you don't care about that but you do because if you're a quarterback and you're putting up good numbers it usually means that you're winning like i think i agree that's human nature and i don't think that there's anything wrong with that and i think sometimes you know we do this thing in the media or you know players do it coaches do it where we have to say the polite thing and I'm, I'm sort of changing the subject but i hope you guys understand where i'm going with yeah. this like with the whole sean mcvay jared right. goff Matthew Stafford thing where Sean McVay is like, Oh, you know, I'm, I've, of course, I, what did he say? You know, people come around and they tell me, you seem like you're in a better mood. And he said, and I'm like, yeah, you're right. You're damn right. I am like, that's of course you cannot divorce the fact that Sean McVay is in a better mood about Matthew Stafford because he no longer has Jared Goff. Like those two guys were traded for each other, right? The only reason Matthew Stafford is there in the first place is because Jared Goff was bad and he kept turning the ball over. So, but we have to live in this world where it's like, oh, well, Sean McVay looked like he was sliding Jared Goff and Sean McVay has to now come to a press conference and say, I wasn't doing that. And you guys are twisting my words when again, you can't really divorce those two things. They are completely intertwined. And so there is no context in which being excited about Matthew Stafford is unrelated to not being happy with Jared Goff. I'm sorry. It's just the way it is. But you can say that same thing, like this whole politeness thing. Like I, Sean McVay can't say anything negative about Jared Goff. Why? You know, yeah. why are we being so polite about this? We don't have to lie about it, you know? So in that same way, Derek Carr doesn't have to necessarily lie about caring about the way he performs. You know, we can just, we can all just say what we mean sometimes. Well, and along those lines, like quarterbacks get paid the money that they do, not just because, you know, they earn it and they're great. And listen, I don't care about player salaries. I think players should get more money, uh, but that's, that's a different topic. Uh, but I mean, you, you do get that money because you have a lot of responsibility on your shoulders and because you're going to face criticisms, you know, when things don't go well. And so you should be able to handle it as a player, uh, to understand that, you know, somebody might say something negative about you sometimes. And I'm, I'm you know, referring again, uh, we're having the conversation about the Raiders, but I'm referring to, as you're saying, like golf, like, he, you know, he's making enough money. Uh, and again, I'm not attacking the money, but he's making enough money that you can say some negative things about him every once in a while. Sure. Right. I, I mean, do you draw a line at anyone professionally in that sense, though? I don't think there's anyone out there who say, well, you can't say anything negative about him. As, a, as an athlete? Yeah. No, I, th I mean, I think I think you're right. No, I, I, no, I, I don't think it's it's. Uh, I don't think anybody's necessarily out for them. I mean, personal attacks and that sort of thing. Yeah, I don't have to deal with that or attacking their family. But yeah, as, of their play or saying, you know, a uh, coach is in a better mood because you know he's upgraded at quarterback. Like, 
Yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to be an adult at some point and just be like, okay, yeah, I can accept that. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like it, it's not like okay. When I because when I saw that McVeigh clip, the thing that came to mind was like, man, he just can't help himself, right? <laughs> and it's it, you don't have to be always polite, but I mean, when you don't, then it, you're gonna have things interpreted in the way that they can be interpreted, right? right. And so I don't, I don't know. I mean, like we don't always have to be polite, but. You know, when you're criticizing people and it's based on their performance, like Goff has 38 turnovers in the last couple of years. The only reason he's not number one in that endeavor is because Jameis Winston threw 30 picks. He didn't even yeah. play in 2020. So, you know, there's a reason wow. why he's gone. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review Journal. I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I heard two at three thirty the other day with that shorts on. Um, yeah. You guys have not been polite, and you've criticized me often about my lack of knowledge in music. The other day, might have hit a new low. Um, there was a song at Raiders practice. You can both, like, obviously chime in here on how pathetic you think this is. A Adam has told me when every song comes on, I just say Drake, and I'm fifty fifty to be right. Hold on, let me let me let me at least explain that real quick. Is that one of my favorite things to do? As you said, because your music knowledge is atrocious. Like mine's not even. Here's the thing: mine's not even good. But it's like, but yours is atrocious. And so when uh, we were sitting like a uh, courtside at like a, a basketball game or, uh, you know, in, at the, you know, Legion Stadium or some NFL stadium where there's music playing, um, I'll often just be like, hey, who, what artist is this? Just to see what hilarious answer you come up with when you're actually trying to give a real answer and it's nowhere close to correct. Um, and so I told you, if there is like hip hop, and especially like a, a modern hip hop song, guest Drake. He's either collaborating on it or he's doing a, a guest spot on it or it's his song. Like that's a safe bet for you so you don't sound ridiculous. Although, you know, when there's songs that sound nothing like, like it's the baby and you're guessing Drake, it's it's hilarious too. Um but yeah, that, that's a safe bet for the most part that you can guess Drake and not sound stupid. Miles made fun of me the other day because I'm pretty sure I guessed Drake in a Rolling Stone song. Yeah, you just, well, you're like, I'd never heard this before. And I'm like, you never heard Start Me Up? Start Me Up. I mean, like, this is this is not, you know, uh, uh, a very unpopular song. It's like, if you go to a Rolling Stones concert, which you can still do nowadays, which is pretty incredible, and you don't hear Start Me Up, you're very disappointed. I saw a Stone show in 2015. It was awesome when they did Start Me Up. They play it in all kinds of commercials. They play it at stadiums when the game's about to start. How do you not know Start Me Up, bro? What okay. is that? Miles, it gets, it gets worse. <laughs> because this particular story gets worse. Here's the thing. He had referenced it somehow, and I don't even remember how this all began, but somehow it came up on Twitter, and you were just like, oh my God, how do you not know this song? This is insane. And then you responded with a, a GIF or a meme. I'm not even sure what it was of the Rolling it was Stones. A GIF. Yeah, yeah, it was a GIF of Mick Jagger. Sure. 
of Mick Jagger, and, and it was like, oh, clearly, you know, it's it's the Rolling Stones. And then now we all know, okay, it's a Rolling Stones song. We all know anyway, but, you know, okay, now we can accept that. Do you know that after you put that up, Ed still didn't know who that was? Oh, my God. I mean, no, I, I, was, I, had to, I, I was guessing. I'm like, I don't know what this person means. Yeah. I, I, I have no idea what this means. I just thought it was Drake. I, uh, <laughs> you didn't think it was Drake. That's <laughs> You, but he, he throws that up. He's like, "Oh, it's, it's Mick Jagger." Okay, obviously now we all we're all in on it. It's it's Rolling Stones. The next day, you're still like, "What did that picture mean?" Yeah, I said, "What did Miles' picture mean?" Would it surprise either of you that the only concert I'll have gone to in about a decade will be this July, and it will be Garth Brooks? Oh uh, well, you do have friends in low places. <laughs> Oh, see I, see, I know that song. Yeah, I there we that. go. Well, I mean, you had a pretty big clue with the artist right there. <laughs> this year, I mean, first of all, it's not surprising. I mean, I, I do think that even seems a little modern for you. I'm, I'm surprised you're not going to like, uh, you know, some 1930s like big band era or something. Um, 22 <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but are you even going to enjoy that? Like, I, I wouldn't. I don't think that would be uh, up my alley necessarily as a concert. I think um, probably the only concert I'll go to this year is uh, Kendrick Lamar's only show of the year here in Vegas. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would enjoy a Garth Brooks show, but are you even going to know, like, what's happening there? No. I mean, I, I can remember two concerts in my life that I remember, Madonna and The Police. Oh um, okay, what year was that? I mean, this is probably before uh, I was Madonna born. Madonna was like the Virgin 80s. tour. Madonna was the Virgin tour. Oh, and I saw you too. But I, uh, yeah, I think I saw you too. I, but but Madonna's Virgin and Police was at the old. Oh, you know where Police was, Miles? Where SoFi Stadium now sits? Oh, wasn't that at the Hollywood, the Hollywood Park? Yeah, yeah, Hollywood Park. And I saw the Police there. That was a long time ago. That was a long uh, time yeah, ago. Uh, Adam, Adam was a. Uh, Adam was just in Cancun drinking a lot of uh, Spider Mans. I had about forty Spider Mans that night at the uh, at the uh, police concert. But um, first of all, Superman, uh, <laughs> Superman, Superman, not Spider Man. Um, I, I I'll know most like I'm going really for the wife for the Garth Brooks, one of her favorite entertainers. So I I'm kind of going for that. That and the fact I bought these tickets two years ago before the pandemic, and she's convinced me they've taken like nine hundred dollars in interest out on us. <laughs> so like I think by now I paid like three grand each for these stupid tickets. So I feel a need that I have to go. Um, but. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. So you guys both think you're pretty knowledgeable music wise, right? I just, I just said I don't think I am at all. I just compared to you. Okay. Yeah, um, compared Miles? to you, we're probably great. I mean, I'm Miles? decent. I'm okay. okay. I, there's some things that I know, and other things that are pretty big blind spots. Okay. Is this Here's a new song. If either of you can name it, then I'm. I, you, lunch is on me. Anywhere you want to go. You ready? <laughs> you have to listen. When I got to Oklahoma, I was 17. My papa taught me how to work, and Lord, he was mean. Working all day in that August heat, he taught me how to fish. My uncle taught me how to drink. Now I'm 23, and there ain't nobody who can drink like me. Soon I'll be 24, and Lord knows I can't drink no more. I know I should have taken it slow. It's not the way my life goes. Now I know. What do you think? Is there, have you ever heard that? Uh, first of all, that's not a real song. Why didn't you just play the clip of the song from your phone? Well, I think that there may be some licensing issues there. Uh, okay. I'm going to get, like, because I think it's uh, 23. Is it called yes! 23? Good job, buddy. I owe you lunch when you get to Beckham. Is that the guy's name that sings it? Beckham? I don't know. Oh, Miles, you are solid today. That's the Let's American go. Idol winner, Chase Beckham. Oh, that's who it is? I don't know why I've heard that. I don't know. Well, it's number one in the country charts. Okay. No, no, yeah, I don't. It's the country. And, and here's the other thing. Thank you. What, what, what are you doing? <laughs> 
What do you mean? He's losing it. <laughs> no, I, I wanted to chat. You're just mad that he beat you. He knew the name. He not only knew the name of the song, he knew the name of the artist. That is, and this is this is very new, by the way. He's you know he just won American Idol like a month ago, and now it's his number one on the country. Wait, American Church. Idol is still on. Yeah, on ABC. Yes. Sundays at eight wow. o'clock ah. Eastern, uh, seven o'clock Central. <laughs> Look at you. You're all over it. I could have said that was gone like, like twelve years ago. No, it's great. I mean, that and The Voice are terrific shows. Adam, terrific <laughs> show. Why, first of all, why do you watch? Why do you watch The Voice? You know nothing about music. You watch all these shows. I like Blake Shelton as a judge, um, and the kid who won the kid who won The Voice. I forget his name. Cam Cam something from Philly this year on The Voice is terrific. What a really? voice on that kid! Even more, um, even more so. Why? Like, I, like, how do you not learn more about music watching these shows? That's a great question. That's, yeah, that's a good point because they have a lot of um. Oh, you know who I? I uh, you guys will know this. Uh, he seemed kind of cool. Um, Phineas. Who's that? The Phineas is um. That's Billy that Eilish's brother. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a guest uh, judge. I really liked him. He seemed like a nice guy. It's a good family. <laughs> it's a good solid family. <laughs> All right, give me. You got to go one Billie Eilish song now. There's no way you know this one. The only thing I know about Billie Eilish is she's a huge fan of The Office. I don't know anything about the music. You only know that. You only know that because I brought that knowledge to you. You're right. You brought it to me, and I watched it. You're right. Yeah, I mean, she loved The Office, and, and Dwight came over to her house, and they sat down and talked Office trivia. But um, no, I don't even want to embarrass my. Well, I well, talk about what I mean. You already have. Yeah, I don't know Billie Eilish. You don't know Billie Eilish song. No, Phineas seems very talented, though. Okay. <laughs> this is this is exactly what we're talking about. Yes. And, you, and here's the other thing. I would venture to guess, I don't even know for sure, I would venture to guess that your daughter probably listens to a lot of Billie Eilish at some point. Knows everything, every, anything about her. Anything okay. About her. And so it, she's probably listened to the songs around you in the past. You've, you've heard them. If you're in the car with her, you've heard them. Probably at home, you've heard them. But if we were sitting in the stadium and you heard a song that you'd probably heard 50 times, yes. you still yes. would have no idea it was her. I'd still say Drake. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> of course. Miles, if you go two for two here as we close out this podcast, if you go two, two for here, it's dinner anywhere in L.A. You ready? Oh, wow. boy. Yes. Beautiful mistakes I'm making inside my head. She's naked in my bed. And now we lie awake making beautiful mistakes. I wouldn't take them back. I'm in love with the past. Now we lie awake. Nah, 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 making beautiful mistakes. Any idea who sings it? You gave me a really easy one on that one because that's one of my favorite bands, but I am really not happy with their new, their last couple albums have not been good. They just released a new one, which I believe is called Jody or something like that. That is Beautiful yes. Mistakes by Maroon 5. Oh, there you go. Dinner on me. Adam, he's, he's, he's tearing it up today. He's, he, did you know Beautiful Mistakes, Adam? Oh, you knew because it, it was playing on my phone yesterday at camp. Well, I, I knew that, but also because literally you used the, the the name of the song nine times during that little chorus there. I believe the album is Jordy is is what it's called, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, do you like how about this though? You're trying to ask us. There is actually there is a uh, a rapper that appears on that track, right? And I, I would almost guarantee that he has no idea. Yeah, Wait, it, it's it's the girl uh, sliding down the shower, girl. Um, right? She's sliding down the shower or something. I, I, you, you miss my love. You miss my you, sliding down the shower wall, looking sad. I know it's hard to let go. I'm the best, but you ever had the best? You got going. And if we break up, I don't want to be friends. You're toxic. That this one. is insanity. First of all, okay, but you're asking us the question, but you still don't know who this person is. 
Oh, I have no idea. I know she, she was. I saw Adam Levine do this on The Voice, and she came on the video behind him and did her part. But I have no idea who that is. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, do you want to know the answer? Because I mean, we got the oh, yeah. answer. Yeah. What's the answer? Her name is Megan the Stallion. You might have also oh. seen her on the Grammys when she was performing with Cardi B. You may have oh. might have probably seen her everywhere. Yeah. She's like the biggest star in music right now, and you have no idea. I know you're the don't one asking us about the song. I know Cardi B more than her only because at the Mayweather Pacquiao weigh-in, Cardi B performed, and I came home and told my daughter, I said, who's this Cardi B person? And she passed out laughing. <laughs> As she should have. <laughs> Anyway, Miles, man, it was awesome, brother. Appreciate you guys having me on. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. That's uh, that's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation. This podcast is brought to you by the Las Vegas Review Journal, presented by Blue Wire. Remember now, there are new episodes of Vegas Nation every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Just subscribe to the Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcast app. You can support this show by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and can find all our coverage at VegasNation.com. For Miles Simmons, Adam Hill, Larry Mir, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week. Remember now, at Miles A. Simmons on Twitter, at Pro Football Talk. Talk to you next week. Na 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 making beautiful mistakes. I'm Jeff Gehrman, an investigative reporter with the Las Vegas Review Journal. In partnership with the Mob Museum, I'm your guide for season two of Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, a true story about money. And so it was their piggy bank. They had the ability to get loans for whoever they wanted to get loans for. Crime. You're in with every gangster and hoodlum in the United States. I don't go for that, Mr. Kennedy. I don't go for that kind of action. And the battle to control the strip. I was on television accused of fronting for the mob. We were very angry and very upset, and we knew we had been double-crossed. Subscribe to Mobbed Up, The Fight for Las Vegas, Season 2, today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by Pro Group Management. Additional sponsorship provided by El Cortez and the Golden Steer.